0: Artlist.io. Every, so yeah. like yeah. Every single day I feel the pressure. Double load the weight, let's make it extra. Working
1: like another no ambassador. Every single day I feel the pressure. Welcome, welcome back. Welcome back to that one studio, The Way You Made Up Show here at your boy C Rock. We're li- locking it in, crushing it as the years wind down, 2023. And I got another great guest for you today. We'll find out what she's made of. Kanae Corder runs a first-class mental health company known for getting fast, long-lasting results. She speaks to and consults with athletes and investors who must completely eliminate the bad habits, bad decisions, and bad company that distracts them from reaching peak performance and their full financial potential. Her system gives a member two-year of therapy in a private one-on-one and three-day retreat. Outside of her work with athletes and investors, she also License her system to financial professionals who want to help their clients master their money emotions. Kene, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And I like how we started, right? Like
1: you, <laughs> you like that music up from the beginning? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's TJ Hickey. <laughs> I I got that from a, a site that you can download music from for your show. And and I didn't like most of the stuff. And then I heard that. And I'm like, whoa, that's it. You just yeah. know sometimes, right? Yep. So exactly. yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm glad to have you here and I cannot wait to get into some of the things that you do. But before we do that, I need to know, what are you made mm-hmm.
0: of? Mm, I would say an extra dose of confidence and an extra dose of generosity.
1: I love so. it. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> All right. So confidence doesn't just happen. It builds, right? Where did that confidence come from?
0: Really, honestly, I was born with it. Like, I, I, as early as I can remember all the stories that my family tells, like my, I didn't have a first word. I kind of didn't talk, you know, how nowadays, it, lately they've been talking a lot about slow talker children, but that wasn't the case when I was a kid. Nobody really was like that. I was sort of. You know, different. And so I didn't talk for the first two years of my life. But then when I did talk, I just came out with a full sentence and it was to my grandmother. And the words were, you're bothering me.
1: (laughs) You know why you weren't talking for that time? You were doing a lot of listening. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So, yeah. And they oh, didn't awesome. diagnose
0: me with anything. My doctor was like, you know what? She just doesn't have anything to say. When she does, she'll say something. Yeah. And right, and rightfully so, is that's exactly what happened. so for me, and I agree with you, usually people have to build up the confidence because they, they don't feel like they were born with it or it got taken away so early in life that they now have to build it back up. It is our belief in, in my company that you are born with confidence. Like the moment you come out, you're like, take care of me, feed me, clothe me, listen to me, play with me. You know, you you come out with confidence and then it gets chipped away at or things get piled on top of it. And then you have to do the work to find it again. But it was there from the beginning. And so I never lost mine like some people have. And because of that, well, let me go back. Because of the way that my parents were just like, Okay. She doesn't have anything. They just let me be myself. Let me be my authentic self. My grandmother allowed me to respectfully tell her that she was bothering me, like things like that built up my confidence. And there was a incident when I was about hmm, eight years old, there was a man who was supposed to be a contractor. My grandfather was coming to get something built. And the man took the down payment for the work. He broke up the concrete to build the garage for my grandfather and then never came back. Well, when they met the man, when he came to the house, I was like, I don't like him. And that wasn't typical for me to just yell out. And they were like, whoa, what was that? And then weeks later, when he never returned, they were like, wow, you, your trust, like you trusted yourself. You knew now I'm going to trust you. And for eight years old, for my parents and my grandparents to tell me that they trust me, that built up my confidence even more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love that. So, uh, you know, there's intuition, right? And then there's also Mm. imagination that we're born with too. And then it chips away too. Right. Mm. Did you you ever have a good, uh, always have a good imagination or do you remember? Yeah. I
0: daydreamed. I mean, (laughs) I lived in the future (laughs) and it was like even a chore for me to bring myself to the the present. I was kind of like Lucy, like I love Lucy. Where I just saw myself in the future. I was the CEO. I was the president. I was the whatever it was I thought I could be. I always already saw myself there. Forget the part where you have to train and practice. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh, you got to train and practice. Oh, darn. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, I have an extra dose of imagination too, because
1: I always saw myself
0: fast forward to the, the end.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Me too. I'm like that Mm -hmm. too. I'm like, and I, and I'd stick with it too. I'm impatient. I'm like, why? I don't understand why this isn't happening. You know, you know, I really feel like that I I learned this over the years that you just lack knowledge. If you're not achieving something you want to achieve or going as fast as you want to achieve, or if you're insecure, it's just lack of knowledge, which gives you control, which if you get the knowledge somehow, you don't need experience. Mm -hmm. Experience Mm -hmm. only gives you what? Knowledge. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. So, mm-hmm. like, people think that they need experience. No, you need yep. knowledge. Experience is a way to get knowledge, right? So, not. Yep. All right. So, where did I'm you grow up? I'm with you on like, that. What, what part of the world did you grow up in?
0: I grew up in Chicago, which gives you a little knowledge. <laughs> yeah, Chicago's the type of place where you better learn fast because yeah, things sure. come at you pretty quickly. So, I grew up in Chicago and and on the South Side. So, Sox fan for those of you listening who. Uh, Yeah, that's where I grew up. That's where I stayed most of my life. And then I moved around after 18. I moved to New York, I moved to LA, Atlanta, Mississippi for a year. Talk about that later. And then um, ended up now I'm in Las Vegas.
1: Okay, yeah. And um, you know, Harold Beans by chance.
0: I mean, I don't know him, but I know of him because I used to go to big deal. Yeah, I used to go to the um, sock. We had season tickets to the sock, so he was a big deal in our house. My grandfather loved him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's got a statue out there. I went to. uh, I played golf with him, so we went to Chicago one time with him, and and he was just like it was cool hanging out with him in Chicago. Wow! Because (laughs) like everybody knows him, and we'd be at the steakhouse, they'd be coming up to him, and and uh i thought that was cool so yeah Yeah, that's good stuff man that's so awesome i grew up being a Sox fan because of harold but also uh frank thomas Uh and i just i just had his baseball card and he was such a great hitter and i just loved it i loved it so
0: yeah and frank uh, changed the game like yeah yeah mm -hmm.
1: yeah so then how did you how did you fall in love with like working with athletes because obviously you're working with athletes now and Mm -hmm. like where did that all start
0: that started when I was a financial advisor. So before I was a therapist, I was a financial advisor, um, most recently with Morgan Stanley. And at Morgan Stanley is where I got the chops to go after athletes, entertainers. And my actual bachelor's degree is in television production. And um, I started dabbling in the entertainment industry pretty early in life, like 18, 19 years old. And so I met a lot of entertainers. It came easy to me because of my confidence. I was able to be around them without being starstruck. And then they saw that confidence in me. But what people don't know is a lot of athletes, a lot of entertainers, they don't have that same confidence. Even politicians, they don't have that same confidence that I was born with. And so they would see that in me and kind of attached to me. So I really didn't have to do a lot of work to get to them because when I walk in the room, I kind of change the room and I change the way the room flows. And so they're like, wait, who is that? And so, especially as a female walking in those rooms, but not needing the attention from the male, then they're like, wait, she's different. And so that kind of gave me an in and then them confiding in me. I have the kind of personality where people tell me the things they say, I never told anybody this. Mm-hmm. They just And this was before I was ever a therapist. And so as a financial advisor, because I had that opening, I took it and I started working with athletes then. And then when I became a therapist, I just kept that same clientele and part laid that into therapy. And found that part of the reason why I became a therapist is because the money part, that wasn't the part they really needed help with. Because eventually, if I could get them to make better decisions, to overcome their trauma, if I could get them to do that, then the money's part just fixes itself. Because the money wasn't the problem. It was the trauma that was the problem. It's the bad mm-hmm. habits. You know, it's the the bad company that they can't get themselves away from. Yeah. they yeah, need yeah. that attention, that connection, that validation.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. No, this is all, this is all like hitting for sure. Um, I, well, First of all, that walking in the room thing is called tilting the room, right? Mm-hmm. Tilt mm-hmm. the room. Like I intentionally do that. Like when I, like if I go on stage, if I'm going in a room, like I want to own it. And it's not because I have an ego. It's because I know that I just, and, and I think you're the same way. I mean, uh, we I know people are better off around me than they are without it. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. because my heart when I wake up in the morning, can I, and I want to hear your thoughts on this for yourself. Like I wake up in the morning, obsessed with helping people. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I
0: jokingly say I'm on call. <laughs> I'm always on call. And like, da, da da da. I'm away. Yeah. So, and there's a story there too. Like one of my earliest memories is saving my older sister from a bully who was 10 years old. I was five years old. My sister was nine years old and she's bullying my sister. And I'm like, hold up like my sister's kind and she's sweet and she's pretty and she's not gonna fight so i get up and i go and i punch the girl in the stomach and then (laughs) she leaves my sister alone and i'm like problem (laughs) solved
1: (laughs) not up in here not up in here so what 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 was your first break with your first like athlete that people would people be aware of you know what i mean like what was that what was that that uh breakthrough moment
0: Tell me more. Like, say that. Again, like, when you first worked understand. with
1: someone, like an athlete mm-hmm. that was like that had some money, and you were working with them, like, like what was your first breakthrough moment? Mm,
0: if I understand the cor- the question correctly,
1: yeah, like your first connection with someone that, mm-hmm. like, like an athlete that had some money coming in. You know what I mean? Like, there's athletes I work with. So I work with the athletes m- the too, reason, but they don't have I, money coming the in The
0: reason I connected was I worked with like a mm, second tier let's just say Yeah, you
1: don't have to say no names right now I'm not asking person, that, you know?
0: and then that person was like oh you know who needs you and then they said the person's name and then about maybe a couple of weeks later i went and i went to a like a foundation um charity event and the speaker was friends with this person too and then i met her and i told her what i did she was like mm, my gossip so i need to meet you and then i mm-hmm. was like Oh, who's your godson? And then she said the same person. I was like, oh, so yeah, so saying, I need to meet him too.
1: That's meant to be.
0: <laughs> exactly. So she made that connection. A lot of my clients come for referrals and to be honest with you, I wish I had an ironclad marketing strategy and that, you know, I'm like, I do this first and then I do this and then I do this and I do this. But most of them come for referrals, first of all. And second, speaking engagement. If I go out and do a speaking engagement, somebody in that audience is gonna say, Oh my God, you need to talk to
1: so and so. Yeah. And when you first start working with people for them for the most part, are they receptive right away? Are they hard headed, stubborn? Like do you have to break through a barrier first? I mean, what, I don't what is have- that like?
0: I don't have nearly as much resistance as most therapists probably deal with. One, because I use hypnotherapy, but two, because I'm Cana, and when I walk in, when you know, when they come into my <laughs> office, whether
1: yeah, virtual
0: or otherwise, done. I'm like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not starstruck. I don't have time for this. Like, I'm on this planet to serve. And if you're not here to make any shifts in your life, if you want to stay the same, I'm cool with that. I'm not fighting you on that. Go stay the same. And your money doesn't make me want to stay here and make you, you know, be with you while you stay the same. That's uncomfortable for me. And I don't want to be uncomfortable. I like happiness. And so I just want to be around the people who are ready. So I don't work with anybody who's in contemplation stage. If you're in the contemplation stage, you're not going to work together. You don't come to me until you're ready. And a lot of times for men, that means they've hit rock bottom. That means their wife is about to leave. The kids are disobeying them. I mean, it means a lot of things are going wrong before they come to me, which is fine. I'm okay with you waiting. Don't come too early because a lot of times my female clients, they come too early and they're like, I just want to talk about it. And I'm like, oh, let me refer you to somebody else.
1: Right, right. <laughs> so you're a fixer.
0: Mm, yep. I guess yeah, that's it. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Well, so you have never, have you ever been starstruck by someone ever, like anybody? Because mm. I'm the same way. I don't get starstruck, but I, there's, no, a couple I, people I that...
0: know there has to be somebody I would be, but I maybe haven't met them yet. But I've even been on the Oprah show and I wasn't starstruck with Oprah. So, and I feel like yeah, that yeah, if you ain't starstruck by the,
1: Oprah, then yeah, that's the, gotta be, that's the top.
0: Yeah. Right. So, um, I just happen to be, what ends up happening is I'm just always in my lane. Right. And Oprah's not in my lane. So she can't mess with me in my lane, but I can't mess with her in her lane either. Right. I'm not even trying to. Right. But so I mm-hmm. always end up in my lane. And for that reason, it balances the playing field. And so because of the, the field is always balanced or I have something that they need because I have so much more peace than most of my clients do. They don't come to me, but they have more money way more money than I do, but they don't come to me because of how much money I have. They come to me by how much peace I have, by how much confidence I have. But the fact that I can be generous without feeling used, like they don't have that because they are the mo- a lot of times the most successful person in their circle and they can't figure out how to say no. And so I'm giving them that. That I did learn because going back to what I'm made of, I am extremely generous and I have learned where where my line is. Because there's a point when I'm like, okay, this is generous to me. And then this is just me trying to please somebody because,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, or working harder for them than they are for themselves. And so once I learned that at a really early age, I just backed up to the line and I'm like, this is as far as I go. And I'm giving all of it. I don't need any of it back. This is my line though. But then if I have to start going over the line and I'm like, oh, and now expectations come in and I'm like, well, I need this and you better do this and th- when I see myself doing that, I'm like, oh, You cross the line. Going back over that line, give the only this, and then be done with it."
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, <clears throat> I admire. I, like when I get into uh, the presence of greatness, I just admire the fact that they're great in that particular. Like Tiger Woods, for example. When I was obviously, you know, look, we have some goods and bads in all of us, right? But Tiger's goods, like for the, what would he accomplish and all that? When I when I saw him for the first time, I wasn't starstruck necessarily, but I I just felt like this aura was there of of greatness and uh it was almost like like a cartoon character kind of thing and i was like this is weird man but you know i'm the same way like i I, people are humans and i love human beings yeah i love them ups and downs the bad to good like i just love human beings and um so let me let me ask you this what's um what are some things you work on with people that we can give the listeners today that that would really help them like where where could they start Maybe because look, assessment's a really big thing, right? For elevation, people like they assess yep. areas of their life. Yeah. Like like, where could they start to assess?
0: Absolutely. So I was gonna say one thing that you were saying yeah, sure. earlier. Respect is the word that I I think when not when you were talking, the word what I feel when I'm in the presence of greatness is just a layer of respect, and it's like the starstruck and respect might feel similar. They may have similar feelings but i think when you're in the presence of somebody like tiger woods who has done all that he has done it's like you just got to give it up right just respect that yeah that greatness yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah well by the
1: way by the way before you before you share this other part i was um my my cousin played with tiger at, at the medalist club down in in jupiter and he was telling me about you know he gets to play with tiger and all this so when i saw tiger although that Aura was there, I, I was able to have a conversation just like he was another, I, I golf, mm-hmm. just like he was another buddy of mine that played with golf. And so, Hey man, Brad said, what's up? I just want to let you know. He said, he plays down you down with the medalist with you, you know, and he's like, Oh yeah, how's Brad doing? You know, just common conversation, you know, and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know what to say to people that are at that level of celebrity. Right. Yeah. So that yeah. Anyway, true. so yeah, share with, share with us yeah. how the audience can
0: start our process is a five phase process and so you talked about assessment so the first phase is vision phase and the second phase is the assessment phase and the third phase is our planning phase and then we go into clearing and expanding. Now clearing and expanding, that's where the hypnotherapy happens. A little bit of hypnotherapy happens in the first session, too. But there's the this phase in the middle that is a lot more fundamental. And so that some of these things they can do themselves. We we do a money assessment, really understanding what their money mentality is. We do a um, we call it a life of meaning assessment where you need to know. There's three things you need to know, right? You need to know where you are right now. And this is going to be from conscious brain, not from subconscious brain. Don't worry about that part yet. But from conscious brain, just where are you right now? And the one thing that you can do, get down to the feeling that you feel. So stop trying to describe it with a bunch of words and paragraphs and journal about it. Don't even worry about that. How do you feel right now? And you're like, "Mm, disappointed, uneasy scared you know lack anxious. whatever you're feeling yeah. right anxious you get down to that feeling name it and then once you feel what what you feel right now i want you to look back and like name or give three adjectives to like how you grew up right if you describe your childhood if you describe that you maybe you say oh it was lonely it was fast maybe you grew up fast right it was um, scary. Maybe you grew up in an abusive household, but just give it three three adjectives. And then I want you to find out how did you feel back then? you like, so this person right now, this way you feel right now, maybe you isolate yourself now. You feel lonely right now because you felt lonely back then or you felt abused back then. And you're like, the only way I can keep from being scared is to be alone. Right. Sometimes this feeling from the childhood created this feeling that mm-hmm. you feel today. Mm-hmm. So, then the third feeling I want you to get in touch with is where do you want to be? How do you want to feel? How do you want to show up in the world? So, when you leave the room, people say, Wow, that woman was confident and generous and tenacious. Like she just walked in here and changed her room. And so, what do you want people to say about you? How do you want them to feel? And how do you want to feel? So if you got down to the feeling you feel now, the feeling you used to feel, and the feeling you want to feel, if you can get those three feelings, you're going to eventually, especially working with me, you're going to drop off the how you used to feel. It doesn't matter. I know people all want to know the why and the reasoning and all the mm-hmm. uncover, unpack. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I know you're like, yes, it does. And you're a therapist and you shouldn't be saying that. No, nope. It does not matter. Forget those feelings from the past. They don't serve you today. It's not even real.
1: Right? Exactly.
0: Yep. <laughs> and so what you feel today, it, it, it does matter only so you can know where to go. So you have a, you have a measurement and I want you to look at your feelings on this way. Continuum, not like up and down, because mm-hmm. we, we we associate meaning with down being like, oh, I'm bad. I'm down. Oh, I'm good. I'm up. Right? No, don't even worry about putting a, a title on it. Just from left to right. Just say, I'm here and I want to get here. Okay. How do I move from there? Maybe you feel you know, helpless and you and then you feel a little bit like, okay, I feel like it's possible, right? Some hope. And then you feel like, uh oh, I feel some despair, but you know, not all is lost. And then you can continue to move and move and move, mm-hmm. which is probably what Tiger did in order to get from where he was, he lost a lot. And somehow he got himself back on top. Using he uses hypnotherapy actually in his work. So If you can get yourself to move through those feelings, you can eventually get where you want to be. You're not going to do it in one fell swoop and like, oh, I'm unhappy. Now I'm in bliss. No, that's not the way that works. Mm -hmm. Just take one little baby step at a time till you get there. And then you're going to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. It's like vitamins. You're not going to take one vitamin or you're not going to go to the gym one time. Rock didn't get those muscles from lifting one weight.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right.
0: You can do it again and again and again because emotions shift. So if you want them to stay, then you have to do what it takes to stay. We have, what we do is we work on recovery first, how we going to get you to recover from your mental and emotional injuries. And then we want to work on management. Like, what are some of the big things you need to do? Like, maybe you need to go to a retreat or some people like cleanses and detox, whatever. You, what, Whatever management you need to do. And then we need to do preventative. So that might be our meditation, our visualization. um, Maybe even I'd use, cacao a lot in my, because that that neutralizes my nervous system for me. So I use ceremony cacao in my work. And so you have to, we, we will design that for you if you work with me, but you can design it on your own. You've done enough. You've been on this earth long enough to know what things move you and what things don't. And the things that don't, leave them alone. You don't need to fill all these little voids with, meaningless things only focus on the things that add meaning to your life if you fill up on those then the cup is going to run over
1: and then you can be generous with what's in the saucer yeah 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 that's right all right so the other thing is i I got so much with this i study a lot about this stuff by the way so have you been into uh man where do i start because i got so much to talk about what have (laughs) you been into the uh studying quantum and resonance (laughs) and the frequency and vibrations and of yep. the emotions and like talking about like kind of like a scale of emotions with how the vibrations are different at each level, or yes, whether it's I've this way or that, that over, way.
0: Over time. I don't sell, sell, I don't study it anymore. I've been doing metaphysics since I was 15 years old. I grew up in a church that taught in Chicago that taught metaphysics. So, um, which church is that? It,
1: like what I didn't know. Right. Universal
0: know. temple is the name of it. I don't know if it still is as deep as it was when I was yeah. there. Cause, um, I've left Chicago and I don't go to it anymore, but it started by a lady named, uh, Johnny Coleman and the foundation that she started is the universal truth foundation. So there are other, other universal truth foundation churches. I know there's in LA, um, and other. I think it's in Florida too. Um, and so you can go to a, uh, UFBL church without going to, Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, but Mm -hmm. that's where I learned metaphysics and the unconscious and the subconscious and the conscious brain and the quantum. It's like all of that comes out of metaphysics and quantum physics. And the Mm -hmm. more you understand that, you don't have to have an understanding of it, but because you can just do the things that I tell you to do. Um, but just like Phil Jackson did, I mean, just like Michael Jordan did with Phil Jackson told, Kobe did what Phil Jackson told him to do, right? You don't have to learn all of the inner workings. You don't have to know how the watch works. You just need to know what time it is. And sometimes I'm just going to tell you what time it is. But Learning the quantum physics, learning the metaphysics sometimes keeps you attached to the work because you realize it's bigger than your physical body. Your physical body does have limits, but if you can get past your physical body, tap into your subconscious, even some of your unconscious and the quantum field, then you can get past some of that limitation that your body has.
1: Yeah, yeah. I love this stuff, man. I love, this is this is right <laughs> up my alley. So le, like let me talk to you about the subconscious and conscious real quick, okay? Okay. Because like hypnotherapy and hypnotism kind of I gotta I gotta understand this better because what I understand is the subconscious mind has things in it that are based on decisions that were made after failing or a setback. You make a decision and then that decision kind of rules your your life and you don't even know that decision is still there. And all you mm-hmm. really need to do is just make a new decision and that can change the direction and in your subconscious. But if you hypnotize somebody to me, it seems like those decisions like usually are made. when, when you have, you go through pain or unconsciousness and, or, and you get knocked unconscious, what have you, when you record whatever's going, your body still records everything that's going on when you're unconscious. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and, it, and it can mess you up. That stuff still affects you. So when you hypnotize somebody to me, and, and you can correct me. I'm just going off of yeah. things I read and I don't know what the heck I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, so, but when you record all this information, you're unconscious. It's kind of like being hypnotized in a way. Because when you put somebody through hypnotism, um, you're recording things into their subconscious mind, which are aberrative. So like, what are your thoughts on that? Okay, Straighten me out.
0: Okay. Okay. So <laughs> you use the word decision, but I'm going to change that word to emotion right? So you attach an emotion to it. And then there is actually a decision that wasn't made that you wish you made. And that one is more important than the decision you made, right? And so you are constantly trying to resolve that. Subconsciously, you keep bringing that situation back into your life. And then it gets harder and harder because you're like, it has to be another way. Because the universe Quantum, the universe is trying to help you resolve it, and it is so obedient and it loves you so much that it's like, Oh, you really want to resolve that? All right, let me give it to you again. Okay, you still haven't resolved it? Okay, here you go again, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So, you keep repeating that in your life. In hypnotherapy, what we do is give you more options because you can only see what you can see. And if I can open up your brain to give you more options, you can choose something else to make a decision. I'm here yeah. in that. Yeah, exactly.
1: And, and and when you keep coming back to that thing, that's energy, right? And energy starts mm-hmm, to build mm-hmm. up and more and more energy. Then there's like a wall, right? Exactly. And yeah. Then, so what you're doing is breaking through that wall or giving them an option around or over or under the wall. Yeah. And, and exactly. do you notice that when people find that out and they finally have that kind of breakthrough, we'll call it, but there's a there's a euphoric feeling that they have or experience?
0: Um. Like aha moment, like
1: a cognition?
0: Women have it more than men. When, with men, they really break through the wall so fast that they on the other side and that's exactly what they wanted. And what they are feeling is the feeling of getting to what they want. Where sometimes women are more excited about the wall coming down itself, that they don't even get to feel the thing yet. They're just yeah. like, <gasps> I feel like the wall came down and I'm all different, you know, um, but which is why I love working with men so much because they are so like, tell me what to do. And I'm going to do those four steps that you said do where women are like, okay, well, can we stop at three and like, hang out here for a little while? And I'm like, no, we're going to keep going.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But so that, that euphoric feeling uh, for men, at least I could tell, usually comes from getting to what they want. Because the desire for men, it is win. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all. I mm-hmm. have to win. Which for women, sometimes it's explore. And yeah. that's different from winning. And so they might get an, a, you know, a dose of dopamine from the exploration,
1: where yeah. the man yeah.
0: is getting a lot of his dopamine from the actual win.
1: Yeah, got it. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. And what
1: about perceptions? So there's so many perceptions, we probably couldn't list them all out there. Obviously, people think about what you see, what you smell, like the senses, and, but there's mm-hmm, so many perceptions mm-hmm. out there, right? And perceptions shape our reality. And a lot of us get stuck in this habitual world of doing the same things over and over again, the same environment, the same people, the same thoughts, the same this, the same that. And we miss out on the, as Robert Greene says, I, I've been reading the, the, the daily Laws, but he talks about this sublim- subliminal, the sublime. Mm-hmm. And we miss out on that because we're so in just cased kind of with this world that we live in every day, right? This universe mm-hmm. we've created for ourselves. Do you work with people on increasing their perceptions and opening up their perceptions, like maybe changing their environment, getting out and seeing something massive, way bigger than them that they, that expands their perceptions?
0: Well, I hire people to work with those people, um, because I do train other hypnotherapists but I don't typically work with those people because I work with exceptional people who want to get you know their full potential. Yeah. I'm getting a peak performance, I want my full financial potential, I want it all. Um that you know they say all men are created equally and whether that's true or not some evolve into extraordinary, right? They keep going and keep going and keep going where others just stay average and then mm-hmm. they're like that's all i know. oh, there's something else out there? okay, tell me about it. but they're not as curious as yeah. this person. and so i typically i'm working with the person is like is it more i'm even if it's a percentage of a yeah, point huge, i want to get it right yeah. where so the person who has all of these perceptions that are holding them back I can work with them and I can get them to where they want to be, but my joy is in peak performance. So I typically hire other therapists to take on those clients. But but what I will say about perception is the the work that I've created is called self-sync. Therapy. And the reason why it's called self-sync therapy, because there is no judgment around how far you want to go. If you perceive life to be a certain way, and that's what you came to this lifetime with, and that's what you want, then that's okay. I, I have no judgment and and I don't I don't have any um I'm not trying to shift your belief. You be where you want to be, and so once you make a decision that this is where you want to be. Our work can get you there. You but you might make another decision though. Once you get there, you may say, Oh, I didn't even know I could get here. Maybe there's a next level, right? So the people that I work with already know there's a next level, where the other people that right. you were mentioning, they get this discovery from each rung, like, oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, I got here, maybe there's another, you know. But if they well, don't but, want to, that's okay
1: too. Well, well yeah, because and, and have you ever been with someone that wanted so much up here and then they got up to here and they were like, "Yeah, I don't like this high. Like there's too much shit that comes with it. I should just like.
0: No, not look. the people I work with nah. because that what you're talking about is void the meaning that yeah, is people yeah. who they, they got what they thought they wanted. They got what other people told them they wanted. They yeah. thought they got what they thought was going to make them a man. All of those things, that societal stuff. We help you create your own society. You don't follow yeah, yeah. society, the the normal society. You create your own society because that's what has us all confused right now. They say, get a good job, you know, get married, have two kids, buy a house, whatever. And then people do that and they're like, oh, this sucks. And then mm. you know, maybe there's something else, right? Or they could be yeah. like where I am in France for three months because that's just what you want to do. And you create a life based on that. I don't me, have me. a dog. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody in France has a dog, oh my God.
1: You know what's crazy? I just talked to somebody in France yesterday. And I I mean like, what are the chances two back-to-back days, somebody in France, you know? They had a nice French accent. You don't have a French accent though, Canet. No,
0: I don't. I barely learned French. Oh, it's so, my French is so bad, it's so
1: bad. Yeah, just go around and say, je m'appelle Kine, oui, oui. That's all you have to say. I don't even know how to say yes in French, I don't know. But anyway.
0: You
1: just said yes. Oui, oui, yeah. I I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. So anyway, Kinay, listen. I got to tell you, you're awesome. Thank you. And I enjoyed talking to you today. And we're running out of time, though. I, I could talk to you for hours. We're definitely going to be doing some more things together. But listen, how can people get in touch with you? Is it the website I have here? PresidentialLifestyle.com. Yes,
0: PresidentialLifestyle.com. That's the easiest way to get in touch with us. Um, I do have a YouTube channel too, same name, Presidential Lifestyle on YouTube. So that was,
1: I'll see you. there. All right. Well, thank you for being here, Kinay. I've been a pleasure. Appreciate thank your time you. and. Hang tight while I wrap this up. Thank you all for being here. Guys, keep going and coming back to the What Are You Made Up Show here with your boy C Rock. Uh, go check out the presidential lifestyle.com and the YouTube channel, Presidential Lifestyle, to go see kinay Quarter. She's doing some amazing things, helping some amazing people. If you're a high performer and you want to take it to the next level, go talk to her. Uh, your boy C Rock vouches for her and uh, keep coming back. Until next time, ret- signing off from That One Studios. Be that one.